Gandhiji's autobiography My Experiments with Truth shows how important truth and its pursuit was in Gandhiji's life. To see the truth of liberty of man actualized in the lives of Indians, he resisted colonial oppression and united modern-day India despite persecution. Hence, Gandhiji held with great reverence the words of Jesus who proclaimed, You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. As Gandhiji labored to set us free from colonial invasion, Christ, who is the way, the truth and the life, sets us free from sin and death into true liberty and life. Let us call to remembrance these words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount that Gandhiji memorized. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wishing all our listeners a memorable Gandhi Jayanti to reflect upon the life and legacy of the father of our nation. Well, hello. Welcome back to yet another episode of SAF Podcast. And it's been two weeks and we're back again. And uh, with the monsoon creeping in, yeah. I know it has been bad at some places. It has been bad in Bangalore. And But I hope that you're doing good, Jacob. How are you and how's the situation over there? Oh, the monsoon has been... I, I'm getting to see Bangalore in its proper monsoon form for the first time now. Because when I came to Bangalore, it was by October. So I saw some rain, but nothing as serious mm-hmm. as I'm seeing right now. You you might have already seen in the news. We are recording this in the mid of September. Yeah. So the past two weeks... there was rain left and right in bangalore you could see some of the mm-hmm. best parts of the metropolitan city some of the best it parts of the city uh, flooded and there was there was pictures of people sitting on on the walkways and working on their laptops because they couldn't get to their it offices so it just shows you what nature in its you know maybe in its very dialed down format can do to our best creation uh, of infrastructure maybe not best maybe the people in bangalore won't agree with me if i say the best infrastructure in bangalore but yeah that's what i've been saying how's how's it been in uh, in calcutta for you yeah it's been good but uh, you know i just like to let the audience know that though this episode is coming out today but we had recorded it two weeks back so when we mentioned past two weeks it has been raining a lot so it's oh, been yes. during this period of time okay so don't get confused yeah, the first two and weeks or else they'll be like okay it's sunny in bangalore and why are these guys saying it's raining and it's so bad right <laughs> so i don't want that to happen uh okay keeping all this aside let's you know straight off dive into today's topic but before that get me yep. let me give a quick recap of what we spoke in the previous episode and uh, you all know that we have been talking about the kalam cosmological argument right and in last episode right. we specifically spoke about jl mackey and his three objections and we responded to these three objections and towards the end we concluded that god is timeless without creation and in time with creation did i miss anything jacob i think that was the gist of it right yeah yeah we in in the last episode we were actually like like you rightly said we were talking about the relation of god and time and we were looking at what jl mackey said as his objections and we were giving some counter christian theological mm-hmm. philosophical responses to that and yeah. like you said one way to make sense of god and his relation to time is exactly like you mm-hmm. said god is without time prior to creation when there is no creation then right. time begins to exist with creation and then uh, his by his nature he is present in every point in time um, mm. and that that is a very sensible uh, point to hold and it matches up with what I've seen in, in theology and also it's a it's a very 
റിഗറസ് പോയിന്റ് ഹോൾ ഫിലോസോഫിക്കൽ ആസ് വെൽ സോ ദാറ്റ് ജസ്റ്റ് ദി റീക്യാപ്പ് ഓഫ് വാട്ട് വി ഡിഡ് ഇൻ ദ ലാസ്റ്റ് എപ്പിസോഡ് ആൻഡ് ഐ തിങ്ക് ഇറ്റ്സ് ടൈം ഫോർ എസ് ടു മൂവ് ഓൺ ബിഡ് അവർ ഫെയർവെൽ ടു ജെ എൽ മാക്കി അറ്റ് ലീസ്റ്റ് ഫോർ നൗ ആൻഡ് മൂവ് ഓൺ ടു ദ നെക്സ്റ്റ് പാർട്ട് ഓക്കെ സോ അഗെയിൻ കമ്മിങ് ബാക്ക് ടു ദ കലാം കോസ്മോളജിക്കൽ ആർഗ്യുമെൻറ്റ് ഓക്കെ ജേക്കബ് കെൻ യു റിപ്പീറ്റ് വാട്ട്സ് പ്രമസ് വൺ So, premise one is, and I'm sure the audience have already by-hearted by now, premise one is, everything yeah, that begins definitely. to exist has a cause. <laughs> yeah. In, um, in fact, it's there on my Tumblr. Um, yep, there's, there's, I don't know, I don't know how well you can see it. I hope you can see it oh, there. Oh, wow. First one, That's everything nice. that begins to exist has a cause. That's nice. So, you won't ever forget it, right? I won't ever forget it. <laughs> okay. So, coming back to the Kalam cosmological argument, and uh, as you mm. mentioned what the premise one was, yes. I was wondering, like, uh, is premise one a law of nature? Or, I mean, what exactly is this premise? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question to ask. And understanding what exactly premise one is, like you said, is it a law of nature? It, it helps us to steer away some, from, from some quite... misplaced misunderstood objections to the kalam that us that will be brought up so premise one is when we say everything that begins success has a cause it isn't a law of nature now what do we mean by a law of nature right the laws yeah. of nature now peace as a science students you obviously know this the laws of nature are the gravitational force the strong and weak nuclear force and the electromagnetic force these are what we uh refer to as we, we call them forces of nature and in them we see the laws of nature written through them yeah. so when we saw about the gravitational law that is one of the laws of nature and these laws of nature are i would say in 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 some in some intrinsic sense in some uh, inex inexplicable sense or in some inseparable sense okay that's the right way in some inseparable sense they are connected with the forces of nature so we can study the gravitational force we can detect gravitational yeah. waves right that is wow how do we even do that but we can detect gravitational waves we are able to see about how a heavy object uh, in space is able to uh, bend mm-hmm. the space curve and you know bring a dip in the gravitational wave from and all of that so what i'm saying is these forces of nature these laws of nature talk about something that are in some sense tangible that we can detect with mechanisms that we have created but the premise one isn't a law of nature in that sense um okay. the premise one is a metaphysical law right it is to simply put it it is it is quite similar to the law of non contradiction or the law of excluded middle or the law of identity that these are philosophically mm-hmm. understood uh, laws of logic right the law of non contradiction we would apply the law of non contradiction when we are talking about a star that exists millions of light years away we would take that as our ground rule for interpreting the data that we are getting from uh, the james webb mm-hmm. telescope and how we are bringing it terms with the hubble telescope and so on and so forth so um, that gives us a very good idea about how these abstract right non tangible law metaphysical law okay um is still connected to reality right it is not something that just the philosopher engages in as a scientist also when you are trying to make sense of the data that you find in the real world you expect it to be non contradictory and if it contradicts you then move it to the side or you somehow try to explain right. it in some other mm-hmm. sense because you still assume that it yeah. shouldn't be contradictory if this is the data i'm getting from from reality it shouldn't contradict each other in mm-hmm. that sense it shouldn't say yeah. a and not a at the same time so in that same sense the premise one is a metaphysical law it concerns everything with reality 
Okay. Wow. I think that's that's pretty clear for all of us. For me, it was hmm. clear, and I'm sure it's clear for the audience as well. So now we know what the premise one exactly is. Now, okay, I'll I'll move on to my next question for you today, right? So, um, I was just wondering, like, when we look around, we see that things there are different things, and all these things begin to exist because they have a cause, right? All the things which begin to exist, yeah. they have a cause. Now, premise hmm. one it says that everything that begins to exist has a cause. and uh, that is you know that is all the things which we see in the universe now how can we right. make the universe as a whole subject to this right it's like mm-hmm. saying that okay every sheep has a mother so the herd has a mother mm-hmm. you getting my point right so yeah, can yeah. you put in some clarification on this yeah so when and that's a good example to use that's a good uh, it's actually a very good word play to bring out what mm-hmm. the objection is all about when you know if you, you say every sheep has a mother there but how can you say that therefore every yeah. the herd has a mother mm-hmm. and if i recall right this is one of the logical f- fallacies in thinking one of the logical errors in thinking called fallacy of composition where you have different parts and these individual parts have characteristics so when you bring it together you're trying to say that this new thing which is a combination of the all, all the parts therefore has all the characteristics of, mm-hmm. of that sort so they say it's a fallacy of composition you can't do that but there are some instances where that actually does work right let me let me rephrase this sheep herd thing in another way every sheep has a shepherd and therefore the herd has a shepherd does that make sense okay yeah, that makes sense like if you pick out a, mm-hmm. a herd that has a shepherd you can point that each one of these sheep has a shepherd yeah there is a shepherd the herd which is made up by all of the sheep put together also has a shepherd so it works in some instances but doesn't work in some other instances okay. and coming back to the core of the objection right when you said um we say that when we say premise one we apply that to everything within the universe how can you say that it applies to the universe as itself hmm. which is what i initially mentioned when you and you it's a good question that you asked what is premise one is it law of nature of sort we are talking about a metaphysical law right and because yeah. it concerns all of reality because it is applicable to all of reality the universe is reality mm. when we say about the universe we're talking about this space time reality that we are part of the space time fabric fabric the space time okay. continuum that we exist in as as you want to put in some complex terms so mm. therefore it is in subject to some things within the universe it applies to reality as a whole itself yeah So that is the first point like when we mentioned about the law of non contradiction can you say like the universe exists and doesn't exist at the same time you would say no that's a contradictory statement no. yeah. but you are applying a law of logic a metaphysical law that you normally apply to things within the universe to the universe as a whole mm-hmm. now what does that mean It means that you're talking about not purely um, materialistic uh, laws of nature or force of nature that came into existence with the beginning of the universe you're talking about thing that applies to reality as we know it and 1.2 um to sort of add to it there's there's a couple of points in my mind i'm trying to pull them together yeah mm-hmm. so this is the point one point i'll mention when we say the universe began to exist we aren't talking about one piece of block that began to exist right when we say the universe began to exist we're talking about that space time and matter came into existence yeah that's like we mentioned in the previous episode also mm-hmm. stephen hawking mm-hmm. saying that time itself must have a beginning yes and if a point we come to a realization that if let's say we come to a realization that space never began to exist mm. then scientists won't go around saying the universe began to exist they would reframe it they would break it down and say time began to exist but space has always been here 
why would they break it down because when we say the universe we're talking about space time and matter put together all of it together we're using the term universe yes we're using the term universe to refer to all of it that is what is what is basically happening there yeah um so when we say the universe began to exist in other words we're saying that space time and matter came into existence a finite time ago they weren't here eternally so yeah. if space time and matter had a beginning then they must have a cause right so instead of saying space time and matter we just use the collective term universe to refer to reality we refer to reality as we know it. we refer to space time and matter in that collective term so mm-hmm. it is it needs some clarification but as soon as you get this clarification you see that the objection doesn't hold yeah i think it's really good you know it was such a simple thing but then when we put our heads into it it's like it gets a bit confusing but uh, thank yeah. you uh, for, uh, for telling us about that and uh, definitely like you have answered to our question okay we all know about this uh, famous atheist philosopher right daniel dennett now mm-hmm. in his book breaking the spell religion as a natural phenomenon he mentioned this quote which i'll be quoting uh, he said that everything that exists has a cause then what caused god right so i'm mm-hmm. sure that many of us have this question it pops up in our heads and uh, people do come and ask us about this question so how do we tackle this how do we respond to this yeah this this question of what caused god right the question mm-hmm. of does god have a beginning this is a question that is you know inexcep- inseparably there is another word i'm trying to pronounce i, I think i keep on mis- mistaking it i'm trying i think i'm trying to say inextricably but i don't know if that's the right word so i'm just keeping that aside inseparably right mm. the, this question of Uh, god beginning to exist the beginning of god is inseparably tied to the kalam cosmological argument because we're talking about the beginning of a universe and uh, when yeah. we looked at jl mack's objection also right he said okay if you say god began to exist at some point in time then you can say the same thing about the universe um, if you say the universe has been you know began to exist then the same thing applies to the god so you see that this question is tied one way or the other through some objection to yeah. the kalam mm-hmm. and for that matter we will be looking at this in depth when we go further in the series yeah. um especially when we get into further details of the kalam and we look at other arguments that address this question but you see daniel dennett's quote right pius if you can you just read out the first part of the quote again yeah it said that everything that exists has a cause right now is that premise one is that what premise one says nope premise one says that everything It that begins, begins to, to exist, exist has yeah. a cause right so so here's a key thing to keep in mind i have the burden to prove a claim that i make right mm-hmm. if i make the claim that everything that begins to exist has a cause then obviously i have the burden to prove that but i yeah. neither any christian who holds on to the kalam cosmological argument or for that matter any muslim who talks about the kalam cosmological argument the argument doesn't say that everything that exists has a cause mm-hmm. the argument says everything that begins to exist has a cause which wow. means that this cons- this question is even concern us it is not meant for us it is meant for someone who says everything that exists has a cause so right mm-hmm. the way to respond to this would be the first part would be to point out that this is a misstating of the kalam cosmological argument this is a misstating mm-hmm. of premise one this doesn't concern me because this is not a statement that we have made so that's clear and because this talks about you know because premise one talks about things that begin to exist if you posit that god never began to exist then he doesn't uh, need a cause right and that is 
quite straightforward and i think there is this other quote by daniel that i'm recollecting to mind um where he refers to god where he refers to a timeless being and he says that it doesn't need an explanation what needs an explanation of its existence like beginning to exist as such uh would be the concrete universe itself i think i'll pull up the quote on screen right now to be sure uh, here's the quote and so as you see here dan lend is admitting that it is the universe the concrete universe itself because it has a beginning to exist that demands an explanation as to you know how it is here why it is here and so on and so forth a timeless being as peesh mentioned about mm-hmm. god's nature a timeless being doesn't concern itself with this question yeah uh, and that's and like i said it's it's something that we will look down in depth later on mm-hmm. um clearly answering does god have a cause but here's one quick answer the christian position and the position that we will see at the end of the kalam cosmological argument is that god never began to exist which means that right it is like asking trying to explain a round circle i mean mm-hmm. a round square a circle square um it is equivalent of trying to explain it when you try to explain what is the cause of god who never began to exist well he ne- if he never began to exist then he doesn't have a cause yeah so you're asking what is the cause of god who doesn't have a cause mm-hmm. well i mean we don't have to take any more second to show how show out how absurd it is yeah yeah wow i mean um, that's so you know i've heard some people they say that why don't we make life easy and you know i just premise one to say that everything that exists has a cause because you know like everything mm-hmm. around us has a beginning and no physical thing we right. see around us is eternal right but then this is the point why mm-hmm. we you know the premise one states adds those two words that everything that begins to exist has a cause um nevertheless yeah, that is, i think that that is actually that is actually a good point to point out and i think i'll just quickly add on to that while we come mm-hmm. to the end okay um you're right you're right everything within the universe like whatever we see is not eternal it it begins to exist and then at some point it ceases to exist mm. the case with you me things that we see around us yeah so if things aren't eternal um if everything that we see here obviously begins to exist then why don't we modify it to say everything that exists has a cause because you've already considered that everything has a beginning mm. that nothing here is eternally here um the reason we don't we don't say that everything that exists has a cause is because we run into an in- issue of where we keep on going back into the past without an end right it is sort of like um it's, it's, it is equivalent of someone trying to trace back where it all began mm. if you say that yeah everything that exists has a cause okay i exist what is my cause my parents my parents exist what is their cause my grandparents mm-hmm. you keep going back and you come to the point okay uh, let's you know just to put it simply the planet earth is the cause for life beginning to exist right i'm not going to get into the creation um, evolution dialogue here that's not the point but to get to the analogy so okay so what is the cause of the planet earth okay well it's all of these particles coming together and the the planet earth forming within the galaxy okay so the particles within the galaxy are the cause what is the cause of the galaxy coming together oh it's these explosions stars dying down and heavy elements all coming together yada 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 that's what caused it okay so what caused that we keep on going back and turns out that we just keep on going back infinitely and this is what we call as infinite regression you are regressing you're not progressing right. progressing is moving forward regressing is going backwards backwards so mm-hmm. you are regressing infinitely infinite regression we keep asking what caused this what caused this what caused this sort of like a domino effect that is not stopping that is going back mm-hmm. like you're taking a video of a domino effect and you're playing it from back to start yeah. from the last clip to the first clip the issue mm-hmm. is it is an infinitely long clip 
why because every domino must be preceded by another domino because you're saying that everything that exists has a cause so if this thing exists it must have a cause well this thing also exists so then it must also have a cause mm-hmm. well that thing also exists so that also should have a cause yeah you keep going back which means that we never actually start because you have to start with the first domino that is falling for the entire chain of cause and effect to be in motion yeah yeah but if you hold that everything that exists has a cause then everything that exists must keep going going backward until we find where that first causes but if that right. first thing also exists then that should also have a cause so you mm-hmm. never get to the first uncaused cause yeah it's which like is the reason why we don't say that yeah it's like you just imagine of uh, you know the largest domino effect in the world you can go on to youtube mm. you can find many videos but then this is a domino effect which doesn't end it goes on and on and on right yeah no it's actually a domino effect that doesn't start that thing mm. that's interesting detail to keep in mind right you we are in the present now mm-hmm. and we're looking back into what happened in the past right yeah. we're tracing back the cause and effect process mm-hmm. so it is it it turns out it's a domino effect that doesn't start which adds to the absurdity of it now in the series okay. we will look at why the universe hasn't been here forever why the universe cannot be infinitely you know infinite time infinitely eternal in the past all of that in that we will see the absurdity of this position mm-hmm. we're not talking about something that doesn't end that is fine you can keep going on into the future you're telling about something that doesn't even start but we are here so how did this cause and effect thing start who start who kicked the first ball who set the things in motion in the first place mm-hmm. who moved the first who made the first move at this disc which domino made the first fall you're demanding that every domino must have a domino before it yeah so which is the domino that starts falling mm-hmm. which is the domino that where where the whole equation starts that is why we don't say that every everything that must have a cause we say that everything that begins to exist has a cause and okay. that connects into saying again the point that if god never began to exist then he doesn't have a cause it connects to the universe as well the way to defeat uh, the kalam cosmological argument is to say that the universe never began to exist then premise one doesn't apply to the universe you could say that everything that begins has a cause the universe never began to exist therefore the universe doesn't have a cause it works yeah. mm-hmm. i hope i didn't make any logical fallacies in that uh, but you get the gist it's immediately thought out so the the point of things that beginning to exist must have a cause applies however you want to take the argument so if the universe never began to exist then no one it is irrational to demand a cause for it if god never began to exist it is equally irrational and absurd to demand a cause for god mm-hmm. but yeah like i said we will look into it in much more depth yeah again slow bite sized paced uh, down the line so i think this is a good place to like i said we should call the curtain on this episode yeah right i think uh we have crossed our 20 minutes mark yeah. and you know like we try to keep our episodes bite size so that we all can grasp something so it's short and uh, helps us to understand and uh, i think uh, it's a good time to stop and uh, we'll see you again in the next episode till then do follow us on our social media pages and uh, if you have any questions and you want to get featured you want your question to be featured you want your voice to be featured on this episode you can uh, use the link below it's called speak pipe you can use that and uh, it will be pretty cool right so that everyone around can hear you asking your question your audio coming up and so make use make uh, i mean do make yeah. use of that apart from that if you want daily updates monthly updates you sign up to our newsletters so that uh, every month 
when we send out newsletters you'll be able to rejoice along with us about what god has been doing through this ministry and through us um that's it from our side stay safe and uh, see you in the next one thank you for listening to this episode if you enjoy saft podcast do consider rating us on apple podcasts or podchaser you can connect with us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and know more about us at www.saftapologetics.com